if you're installing new cabinets or reorganizing your current ones, what you want to think through is the flow of the line, whether you're serving a family of four or a neighborhood party of 24. Welcome to the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast with leading DIY lifestyle blogger, Anna Fulmer, where women are inspired with authentic stories and practical strategies to reclaim their hearts and homes by empowering transformation, one imperfect day at a time. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Fulmer. Today, we're going to talk about how to design an efficient kitchen around four work zones. What woman does not want a more efficient kitchen, right? I know I sure do. If you have not listened to my other podcast, it's called 10 Mistakes You Do Not Want to Make When Renovating Your Kitchen, 10 Mistakes to Avoid When Renovating a Kitchen. You can also check it out on my website at hammersandhugs.com. You can search for that episode in the show notes. But the idea is when you are renovating a kitchen, you want to forget the golden triangle and use these four work zones. We've all heard of the golden triangle. It's a kitchen design that ultimately forms a triangle between your most frequently used appliances. That is your fridge, your sink, and your stove. The problem is Nowadays, with the introduction of kitchen islands, stovetops, wall ovens, open concept layouts, this isometric design is not always practical. Now, I'm not a designer by trade, let this be known, (laughs) but I have renovated several houses. The date of this recording, we're on our third home and we're about to buy our fourth fixer upper. And I'm also in the process of designing our forever home, the home that we will build. I've also helped multiple people design a new kitchen. And the thing that I have discovered is this, a more efficient kitchen results when you design it around work zones, not the triangle. So what are these four work zones? Well, let's talk about work zone number one. Work zone number one is the prep zone. This is the countertop and standing space in your kitchen that holds what you need to regularly prepare for a meal. Now to clarify, this zone also includes the cooking because in my mind, I'm preparing to eat, not just to cook. So when designing your kitchen, this zone should include the following checklist within arm's reach. That means when you're standing in this space, in this tiny little zone in your kitchen, you want these items to be within arm's reach that you barely have to move and take too many steps in one direction or another. Now, before I mention the prep zone checklist on the website at hammersandhugs.com, there is going to be show notes for this particular episode. It is going to include all of these lists. You can print it out so you can actually visualize sort of what these zones look like. There are also pictures with numbers. (laughs) Who doesn't like that? There are pictures included too, to kind of give you a visual Obviously, this is all on the show notes at hammersandhugs.com. So be sure to check all of that out. But the prep zone design checklist should include the following items. Dry ingredients. So this might be your flour, your sugars, your baking powder, baking soda. I mean, the list goes on. You know what I'm talking about here. This, you can have those like OXO, the OXO storage containers is a great way to keep all of these dry ingredients organized with labels. That's how I have mine. The prep zone should also include liquid ingredients. These would be your vegetable oil, your olive oil. I mean, the list of oils goes on. Your vinegars, mixing bowls, 
measuring cups, measuring spoons, pots and pans, prep appliances. So this would be maybe your mixer, a hand blender or one of the power blenders, a can opener, food processor, anything that you routinely use to prep your food, to prep your meal, try to consider how you can incorporate it into your prep zone. What cabinetry, what space do you need for these items? Your stove needs to be very close to this area and a trash can. So the prep zone cabinetry should be approximated to your sink, stove, and trash can. Now, typically the sink is not too far from the stove. That's not an uncommon. We like to keep those relatively close together. Even if you have an island, like so the home that I'm designing, for example, the stove is actually going to be centered on the sink, which will be on the island, if that makes sense. So these are going to be in very close proximity to each other. And that's pretty true of most even standard 10 by 10 kitchen designs, right? Your stove is kind of on the short end of your kitchen and then the sinks underneath the window type of a deal. These often tend to be pretty close to each other. The bigger thing is you want to keep in mind your cabinetry, how you are storing these materials on the checklist in the cabinets. A lazy Susan is a great, great place for a prep zone. That corner that's in most standard 10 by 10 kitchens, this is a great place to have all of your dry and liquid ingredients. Then the cabinet above that lazy Susan, again, in the corner, consider a corner cabinet here in your standard 10 by 10 kitchen design. That'd be a great place for your mixing bowls, your measuring cups, your measuring spoons. You could consider a wall-mounted spice rack above your stove. You could consider your spices in a pull-out beside your stove. Try to keep them relatively close. Again, you want to be thinking through, if I'm standing in one spot, what all am I going to need to reach as I'm preparing? A mixer. Maybe you keep this on the countertop in the corner, right? In that corner space, maybe pushed back to the back of your countertop. Maybe you want to keep it in one of those pop-up stands in a base cabinet. The trash can is another really important thing to keep in mind here. The trash can. The trash can is often best placed by the dishwasher, which is also going to be in close proximity to your sink. Typically, it's right beside the sink in a normal kitchen design. Try to keep your trash can really close to that. So I just have a note here in most of the kitchens that I've done, the pull-out trash can gets put on the prep zone side of my sink. All right. And then the dishwasher on the dirty zone side, more to come on that. But again, the idea is you just want to be thinking when you are creating a prep zone, how can you design your cabinets, uppers and lowers to include the items on this checklist and make sure you keep in mind the trash can. All right. So I have a couple other notes here. Again, I talked about the airtight containers, those OXO, I don't know, are they called OXO containers? I don't even know what they're called. I put chalk marker labels on these. They're a great way to simply label what's inside. For example, I use white whole wheat flour a lot in my baking, but I also have a white flour container as well. Like if I'm making a cake or something for a party, I'm not going to use white whole wheat flour. It makes it a little bit drier. So I'll use white flour. I also have bread flour 
right? And so it's just kind of nice to be able to have those labels that you can actually mark what is in those containers. Mixing accessories, you can buy these massive all-in-one mixing sets that nest within each other. Again, if you're trying to save space, this is a great thing to put in the upper cabinet in the corner. That's actually where mine are right now in this current house. And then you could also consider putting a like mixing or prepping appliances in one of those cabinets as well. You can change the shelves right to match the height. If you really want to get creative and plan ahead, you can even put an outlet in an upper cabinet so that you can keep your appliances plugged in. And then you would just drop them out of the upper cabinet onto your countertop. And then you can just put them right back in, you know, if you just want to keep it a little bit simpler. You don't need a traditional appliance garage to house appliances, is where I'm going with that. And if your cord isn't long enough to do like an upper cabinet appliance garage, you can just buy one of the little short extension cords and plug it into the upper cabinet. This is true with any frequently used appliances. Maybe it's a mixer that you use for breakfast every morning and you want something that you can just simply grab out each morning, but you don't necessarily want it on your countertop all of the time. This is another great little hack is to actually design an outlet in an upper cabinet. So you can just take your mixer down, blend the smoothie, put it back up, never even have to unplug it. Also, if you have an extension cord, by the way, a lot of people don't realize this. There's really cute little extension cord covers that you can just Velcro over the extension cord. It's like a little burlap cord cover. Super cute, easy way to kind of hide those excess cords. I actually have a post on my blog at hammersandhugs.com that talks about how to hide cords with burlap Velcro cord covers. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. In bigger kitchens, what I've been talking about with some of these like corner ideas is for your standard 10 by 10 layout. Again, there's photos on the website. It's easier to visualize some of these things. But in bigger kitchens, you could add a mixer lift. These are oftentimes in a base cabinet. There's ways that you can convert a base cabinet into a mixer lift kit. You can buy a kit. And these links are also within the post today on website. And what you do is it's basically like this little lift. So it's sort of like hydraulic arms on either side that you just attach to a base cabinet and you can lift your mixer out and that just stays on that little stand. What I also recommend is considering putting dry ingredients. If you have a bigger kitchen, you have more space, consider actually putting your dry ingredient containers in a drawer. Consider keeping them in a drawer that you can just pull out the drawer, use pegboards, and actually organize all of your airtight dry ingredient containers in a drawer. This is actually my plan when we build. I have designed into that house 
drawer pegboard organizers where all of my dry ingredients. Now, in this case, I will label it on the top, right? <laughs> because now in my lazy season, how I've set it up, they're all labeled on the side. But consider using drawers to organize your dry ingredients. There's so many ways to maximize drawers. It's funny. We often think of cabinetry like the standard open up the door type of storage design. But the fact is plates also go really well in drawers. We're going to talk about that a little later, but start thinking through how you can use drawers as well. They're a lot easier to access. They're a lot easier to access than cabinets, especially base cabinets. There's also pull out cookware organizers. This would be a great way also for your prep zone to put cookware organizers into a base cabinet. So like your nine by 13 pans, even potentially your pots as opposed to, so I currently have mine hanging above my stove on a pot rack, but a pull-out drawer, maybe in an island right across from your stove would be a great spot for maybe your nine by 13 pans or something like that. Small appliances could also technically go in a drawer. You can't really do the outlet hack in a drawer, which is why the upper cabinet is kind of nice for those small appliances. Again, if we're talking a big kitchen, maybe you just need an appliance garage somewhere on your countertop. Again, make sure you have a pull-out trash can here. So if you have an island, an island's a great place for a pull-out trash can, especially if your sink is in your island. Again, you want to think prep zone. And prep zone is a trash can is going to be essential for your prep zone. So if you have it in the island, that way you could have it open while you are prepping. You can just chuck stuff into it, but then it's also really close to your stove as well if you need to be throwing stuff out there. Also, super, super easy to convert any base cabinet into a pull-out trash can, by the way. In case you didn't know that, links also again on the website on the show notes, but you can easily convert any base cabinet to a trash can pull-out yourself. I've done this in every single home. It is very, very easy to do. Work zone number two, the serve zone. Again, not difficult to infer what happens in the serve zone, but this zone often cross paths with the prep zone where you have prepared and cooked your meal. What you want to think through is this is how you are going to serve your food. In this zone is where we have dinnerware, plates, bowls, flatware. So your forks, your spoons, your knives, drinking glasses, the stove could potentially be part of the serve zone. So if you do it buffet style, like we often do at our house, I try to approximate the stove to my serve zone because I kind of like the buffet style type of idea. So it just kind of depends on whether or not you are the put everything out on the table type or you like more of the serve buffet style. If you're installing new cabinets or reorganizing your current ones, what you want to think through is the flow of the line, whether you're serving a family of four or a neighborhood party of 24. And the easiest way to design this zone is to mentally walk through it. If you have to turn backward to get what you need, then try to rework it and start again, right? Because the idea is you want to keep the line moving forward. So just think through that practically how you would walk through your serve zone if you were serving yourself the food, even in small spaces. The idea in this zone is just simply to keep the line moving forward. I do have a really great picture on the show notes of a super cute little kitchen, giving you an example of how you could create a serve zone, even in a small space. 
open shelving can be really great for this idea. Upper cabinets, open shelving. You could put plates on an open shelf, a plate rack. I have fallen in love with my plate rack in this house. I'm definitely going to put a plate rack in our forever home. Bowls, you could leave open shelving. You could have bowls there. You can have glasses. It doesn't have to be open shelving, but the upper cabinetry is really great for your serve zone. And again, you want to surround these kind of approximate them to your stove. Or if you have an island that's parallel with your stove, you could also set out all your food on your island and have the serveware on the other side, like where your upper cabinetry is. So in this particular example that I have on the show notes, you could place all the bowls and the plates um, to the left. And one of the long shelves on the right, you could have for glasses also be aware if you have one of those drinking fridges, what am I trying to say? You know, the kind that you press, it has a drink dispenser, water dispenser on the outside of the fridge. (laughs) I need more coffee. You would consider keeping your glasses close to the fridge, right? So maybe it's one of the small end upper cabinets in your kitchen. So again, you want to keep your line moving forward. Maybe the last thing you grab is a cup and then the water from the fridge. That's how our current house is set up. Glass canisters are also a great way to be able to store things. So again, if you're going to do like an open shelving design, kind of referring back to the prep zone, if you want to kind of maximize the open shelving look, you could also store dry ingredients in glass canisters on open shelves. Just depends on how you want the overall look. Just be consistent with it and try to remember how you're incorporating these zones. Open shelving is a little tricky. You have to be careful because it can start to look very, very cluttered. So if you're going to go with the open shelving route, lots of great possibilities. Glass canisters would just be a thought then for that prep zone design. Maybe include more of your prep zone dry ingredients and stuff in glass canisters. Because again, these two zones often cross paths. They often are in similar spaces. Again, the point is what matters here is the quality of the design square footage, not the quantity. What is important is the quality, not the quantity. And again, the idea is to make sure that people are always moving forward. Now, I will also make a side note. If we're hosting a large party, I'm not using glassware. I don't. I have a stackable buffet caddy that I use. I highly recommend it. They are so easy. It's a caddy that it keeps your paper plates, your paper bowls, all of your paper or your plasticware, spoons, forks, knives, your napkins. It's in one caddy. I set it out on the island. Nobody is opening or closing cabinets. Like it's just in one spot. Cannot recommend that enough. You don't need to wear, like, gone are the days of you have to have like a beautiful set table to host people, right? <laughs> Thank goodness. So definitely consider a stackable buffet caddy and just keep it stocked and ready to go. For those surprise guests, you just set it out and you're ready. You're ready. And then there's no minimal cleanup afterward. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the last two work zones to help make your kitchen more efficient. Save time. Get practical inspiration delivered to your inbox every month with exclusive access to the premier digital women's health and home magazine. For just $14.99 a month, you will get delicious and nutritious recipes, essential cleaning and organization hacks, must-have product recommendations, helpful fashion ideas, practical DIY tutorials, creative fun for kids, home decor inspiration, stress-free entertaining tips, 
evidence-based health and wellness advice, productivity challenges with prizes, exclusive access to upcoming imperfectly empowered podcast guests, and exclusive access to bonus printables and templates on podcast show notes, giveaways, and so much more with this exclusive membership, the Imperfectly Empowered Journal. Reclaim your heart and home with a digital health and home magazine full of practical strategies you can actually use. Want to try an issue for free? Visit www.hammersandhugs.com and click on the Imperfectly Empowered Journal tab to sign up for a free issue of the Imperfectly Empowered Journal today. Welcome back. We are talking how to design an efficient kitchen around work zones. We are going to forget the golden triangle and design your kitchen, including the space that you currently have right now. You can redesign it, rearrange your cabinets to design it around work zones. Work zone number three is the dirty zone. The dirty zone is when the food has been served, the fun has been had around the table, great conversation, take your time. You don't have to clean up right away. Enjoy the people that you're with. But when it is time to clean up, the dirty zone addresses the flow of dirty plates, dishes, flatware, et cetera. This is often not a zone that we think about. We for sure want to think about the trash can here, but the checklist for this zone focuses on how to maximize the dirty landing zone and how to minimize the foot traffic required to access it. Here are some thoughts on the dirty zone design checklist. One, place the dishwasher on the side of the sink closest to your kitchen table. Two, allow for countertop over the dishwasher that is easily accessed without walking into the kitchen, meaning plates can just be set there. The dirty stuff. People don't have to actually walk into the kitchen to set stuff into the dirty zone. So allow for open countertop over the dishwasher where all those dirty plates can be set. And again, in theory, this should also be close to your sink. Design a cabinet with leftover containers on the dishwasher side of your sink, right? So you can easily access these leftover containers to be able to put food into. Make sure you can easily access the leftovers container cabinet with your dishwasher open. (laughs) All right. What I mean by this is if you're planning on putting the containers in a pull-out drawer in your island, make sure it is not directly across from the dishwasher. This seems like a really silly thing to mention, but just think through when you are designing your kitchen, you're placing your things in your cabinets. If my dishwasher is open, I want to make sure I don't need anything in the cabinet right across from it, right? Because you won't be able to open it. The dirty landing zone is simply the space in your kitchen that dirty dishware is placed after you eat. That's really what it is. It could be the countertop beside your sink. It could be an island. It can still be the prep or serve zone countertop. It could even be put directly into your sink, but you do want to keep the space as close to your dishwasher as possible. So think through that. Ideally, it is the countertop beside your sink over your dishwasher, or at least in very close approximation to it, because you don't want to be taking dirty dishes over too much floor space, dropping. Maybe your kids are super clean. Mine are not. Mine are not. Food ends up all over the kitchen floor. So you want to try to keep it as close to the table and as close to the dishwasher, sink, and trash can as possible. This is, again, one of the reasons that I recommend a pull-out trash can on the uh, dirty zone side (laughs) of your sink. So in theory, you kind of want the prep zone on one side of the sink and then the dirty zone on the other side of the sink if you have the space. So try to put the pull-out trash can 
just on the dirty zone side. This way you can stand at your sink, have your dishwasher open, your trash can open at the same time without having to move. I have this really great picture on the um, website of this tiny little kitchen kind of showing how you can still make these spaces all flow together. And the point is, even in a small, tiny apartment kitchen, you can make these zones work for you. Get creative, think through the flow so that you can maximize the space in your kitchen. Work zone number four is the clean zone. The clean zone. Just as the dirty zone is focused on organizing the flow of dirty dishes, the clean zone is quite simply organizing the flow of clean dishes. Unless you do not have a dishwasher, that is going to be true for some people, which in that case, the flow moves from your sink or your drying rack to the cabinetry. For most of us, this final step in laying out the kitchen organizes the flow of clean dishes from the dishwasher to the cabinets. One of the most time-saving things that you can do when designing your kitchen is make sure that the cabinetry for plates, bowls, and glasses is within arm's reach of the dishwasher. Make sure that the cabinetry for plates, bowls, and glasses is within arm's reach of the dishwasher as much as possible. Again, this is the beauty of islands. This is the beauty of putting these kinds of things in drawers because you can actually like have pull-out drawers Again, not directly across from your dishwasher. You won't be able to pull them out, but just beside it and you can pull out. So that's how we have it in this current house in the one side of our island. And guys, this is a tiny house, right? Make sure you check it out on the blog so you can see what I'm talking about. But the one side of our island is a pullout drawer where I have bowls, our smaller plates, smaller bowls, et cetera. And then we have a plate rack right above the dishwasher. We barely have to move. And then above the two drawers that hold all of our like bowls and small plates, et cetera, the drawer on the top has all of our utensils. So again, other than hanging up coffee mugs, which is across our kitchen in our coffee bar, we pretty much don't have to move from one spot. Again, flatware, keep it within arm's reach of the dishwasher. So just think if you're standing at your sink, emptying your dishwasher, can you put away your most frequently used dinnerware without moving your feet? That's the idea of the clean zone. Again, there's pictures on the show notes, kind of giving an example. You would maybe want a double cabinet above the dishwasher if you're not doing a plate rack like we have. You want a large drawer close by. The flatware, again, you want to keep it really close to the dishwasher. Maybe it's a drawer in the island. Maybe it's a drawer right beside the dishwasher. You want it to be accessible. Again, you're going to have to move a little bit, but the idea is to think through, especially your most frequently used dinnerware, make it real easy for yourself. You should be able to put everything away without having to move. There is the last picture that I have included in the show notes. It shows visually the workflow where all of the zones can fit even into the tiniest apartment kitchen. You guys, thousands and thousands of people have visited this post on my blog. I have gotten tons of comments, DMs saying this made all the difference in my kitchen. And we're talking tiny kitchens. Okay. You want to improve efficiency quality over quantity. You don't have to have a massive kitchen. You don't need to have the two island, three sink kind of kitchen budget to create an efficient space. In fact, 
more often than not, those two island, three sinks kind of a kitchen are incredibly inefficient and not even laid out that well. It's because whoever designed it just was thinking quantity of space, not quality of space. So again, remember quality over quantity. Also, (laughs) I slipped one more zone into it. All right. And you're going to see it if you look on the picture here in the show notes at hammersandhugs.com. I include a fifth zone, a bonus zone in every single kitchen. It is the coffee zone. Even in the tiniest of kitchens, I create a coffee zone. This looks different over every house. This house, even though it's a very small kitchen, I actually created a coffee bar, floor to ceiling cabinetry, where it is dedicated to, there's a hot cocoa bar shelf that has all of like the hot cocoa stuff on a tray. Beneath that then is all of my coffee. Guys, I have an obsession with coffee. So (laughs) every house I renovate, the space becomes bigger. The house I'm designing, there's like a five foot floor to ceiling coffee bar. (laughs) Anyway, it's going to be epic. I cannot wait. But even in a tiny, tiny kitchen, consider creating this coffee zone. Quite simply, it is a Keurig coffee machine or just a standard brew and pour coffee maker with the cabinet right above it with all your mugs. The drawer right beneath could be your K-cups, could be your dry coffee, could be your coffee scoop, could be your filters. Okay. Super, super simple, but consider like a coffee zone right there. So everything is in one spot. I really hope these tips help. Again, if you have not read 10 Mistakes to Avoid When Renovating a Kitchen, that's 10 Mistakes to Avoid When Renovating or Designing a Kitchen. You also want to be sure to check out that podcast as well. Listen to that. You do not want to miss those tips. So many great ideas to, again, quality over quantity. We're promoting quality over quantity. You do not need a ton of money to create an amazingly functional and beautiful kitchen. Be sure to share this with others so that we can all work smarter, not harder in our kitchens. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. It is my honor to be here with you. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to click the subscribe button below so you don't miss a show and leave a comment with your thoughts from today's episode below. If you are listening via your preferred podcasting platform, would you help keep us on the air by rating our show and leaving an honest review of your thoughts from today? In case you haven't heard it lately, your story matters and you are loved. This is your host, Anna Fulmer, and I will see you here next time on the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast.